0: And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Hi there. You're about to listen to one of the original shrinkchicks episodes, We think it's so amazing that you're here, but we do have to warn you that what might not be so amazing is the sound quality of this episode. We started this podcast in Emily, my bedroom, back in 2019 with two really bad mics, one mediocre recording device, and zero idea about what we were doing. If you are sensitive to sound quality, we encourage you to check out season two and beyond where we learned a little bit more about podcasting and also we just outsourced our audio. Thanks so much for being here and enjoy today's episode.
1: Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. We're so excited. We have...
0: We're, <laughs> we're so excited with our... We just are fucking obsessed with Danielle. All right.
1: We have I'm Danielle so Maltby with here. Guys.
0: Wait. Okay. So if you haven't heard us yet on the WOMED podcast, you better go listen to it right now because we have Danielle Maltby, the amazing host um, covering all things women in medicine. Danielle, thank you for being here.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me. I am equally as obsessed. You know this. Like, we're we're, we're friends already. Yes. You know, I'm just joining us live from our
1: closets. (laughs) (laughs) So both Emily and Danielle are currently in their closets. And I was like, I should probably find a closet to go in just so I could join you. My closets are too small. Wow. And I just thought like a really good analogy, which is like right now on this podcast, we're going to come
0: out of something. We're going to, oh some shit's going to come out, right? We'll be coming out and taking our masks off mm-hmm. and out of
1: our closets. That is great action. Yes. Look at that. Thanks. <laughs> so anyway, we were on Danielle's podcast maybe a few weeks ago, and we were mm-hmm. saying it's been way too long since we've chatted. Yes.
2: yes. Way, too way too long. too long. <laughs> I mean, that I've texted, texted y'all about, like, guy stuff, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, to be fair, I followed up with you the first time. I was like, I don't know if she need to check in, but I need to know what happened with Danielle. Somebody had told us. Well, and
2: I was like, you guys are just like these new friends and I didn't want to put all that drama on you. And I was like, we, how much can I? We were, were waiting. waiting.
0: We were literally waiting. <laughs> waiting. <laughs> well, I don't know because there's something so amazing about, I think the thing was you had sent us this like text that you would have sent, right? It was this right. beautiful, honest, honest, authentic you No, know, i can't even tell you the amount of times that clients will like show us a text and be like what do i say back to this and it's really hard to do and mm-hmm. it's so hard to be loving and boundaryed and kind and vulnerable and all together and you did it in one message so i will say this i was so impressed with you you have great communication skills we, oh, we thank you we could do a masterclass on texting. <gasps>
2: Ooh. I would love
0: that.
1: Yeah, sometimes
2: people are like, your texts are too long. And I was like, Fuck no, that. but I have to
1: get everything out. <laughs> I also think if someone, you know, if, if you're going to start a relationship with someone, you're not mm-hmm. being yourself, right? And then they yeah. connect with you as someone who's not yourself or you're not being authentic in some way. And then a year down the road. You're like, okay, this actually wasn't me. Like, I actually sent long ass text messages.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm way crazier than I let on before. <laughs> right.
1: Like, very yeah,
2: important to no. do
0: at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> you have to all love right. all of
2: this at once.
0: So, so yeah, for anyone who hasn't heard your amazing podcast and doesn't know about you, tell us a little about your career path in the medical field.
2: Awesome. So, I started out in the NICU. Um, I landed in the NICU right out of school. Um, I did like an internship and stuff like that. So, I mean, a lot of people ask, how do you get into the Nikki right away? It's like, well, you got to apply and you got a job shadow and send some thank you cards. Because
0: oh, I'm sure everyone wants to be with those little babes. That's yes. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, you got to make people remember you. of course. Um, and thank you notes
1: are an incredible way to do it too. No,
2: they really are. I mean, Elle Woods, well, hers was like a pink resume, but you know, thank you cards really go a long way. A hundred. No one, like handwritten. Don't yes. email handwrite a thank you card and send it. It never friend.
0: goes out of style. Although it will take much longer these days with a USPS. which yeah. can get into a whole other thing. So
1: yes. but <laughs> how is- time, don't forget to buy your stamps, everyone. And how excited yes. do you get when you get something in the mail?
2: I get so excited. I, I know. Love, I love getting mail. I love getting letters. Uh, I only
0: ever get the Costco coupons. Like my mail is bills and Costco. <laughs>
2: Right now, it's mostly like stuff from like my stock trader, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, I, don't, I, don't, I can't read this. I don't know what it
1: says. Just as it's long as I'm not favorite. losing any money, um, we're good. They should, they should just, they should send a handwritten letter that says you're losing money or you're not losing yes, money. Yes, and that's, and that's, that's it. all it'll say. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sorry, if you're losing money, I apologize. If you're getting money, you're welcome. <laughs>
2: yes yes and i'm only putting it into these like companies that you like yes. <laughs> stuff that's green supports black Lives matter you know isn't isn't a bunch of racist assholes right, right.
0: <laughs> which is hard to find these days it's you really know? hard it's it really
2: hard to find it, is. it, it, it's, it really is
0: That's, okay. So you were in the NICU. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I, tell us about. sorry. I mean, that's going to be beautiful and heartbreaking at the same time.
2: It is. Yeah. It is. And I worked, um, in the NICU for 12 years. Um, I worked in Wisconsin. I did like a travel nurse assignment down in Houston. I tried that out for a little bit and then, um, back to Wisconsin and then moved down to Nashville. And I worked, um, in a, one of like the top NICUs um I've worked in the two top Nikki's in the nation so I will say that
0: um and then I had so then at what point were you like you know what I'd like to try reality television you're like this is (laughs) you're like you know what I'm very accomplished and mature and you're like you know what else I'd like to do I'd like to see you know how I can let editing take over my life (laughs) well
2: um I had dated probably like my fourth musician who was, you know, the road is my home. And I'm like, I'm done with this shit. (laughs) Um, No one can commit to me. I don't know why. And I was bitching about it at a lunch with one of my friends. And it's always been like this long standing joke. Like, at least for the last, like, 15 years of my life, that people are like, you should go on The Bachelor, you'd be so great! America would fall in love with you, but don't only go so far as you can be, like, the next Bachelorette, and then you can pick who you want, and then you can go on Dancing with the Stars, and I'm like, wow, you guys have, like, really planned out my life for me, thanks! Um, But, like, I don't think I can handle all those crazy women, and I also never watched the show, but as I was sitting, um, out to lunch with my girlfriend, she's like, Pick a picture of yourself that you like. I'm like, why? She's like, I'm submitting you for the Bachelor right now. Do you like this one? And she's like, I'm a model and a nurse who saves babies.
0: <laughs> like, that's like, yep, you're in. They're like, yeah, oh, immediately.
2: Yeah. Um, and I just kind of, I thought it was just kind of a funny joke. I was flattered that my friend was like, No, I'm gonna do this. Like, mm-hmm. I like think so highly of you. I want you to find yeah. love. You know, like that's been the reigning theme of my friends they're like we just want danny to find a nice man <laughs> um
0: well, I it's just kind of like find fuck someone it, why not try
2: <laughs> right and then you know abc called me and i was like oh my god they're really calling me <laughs> and you know then i went and met with them and they're like you can come right to the friend of the line i was like oh okay <laughs> like i mean obviously that's a nice I ego mean, like, boost and, it is. i know it's a great yeah. ego boost um but I also kind of was like, oh, my God, they're just going to want to, like, you know, portray me as, like, this sad girl who's, like, fiancé died and whatever, but which was not the case. You know, like, I, ABC just really, I have nothing bad to say about my time on mm-hmm. The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. They've, they really just, I felt very loved and supported the whole time. And, I mean, it's a crazy emotional ride, but oh my God. it was a great learning experience, and I've yeah, I've I still talk to some like my producers and stuff from the show. So, so it's nice. Like there's no bad right. blood or anything like that and I'm just grateful, you know, that I didn't get edited a certain way, but you know, people are still like, Well
0: you can only edit what you give someone. Right. Well, know, so and, well and it's so funny, right? Like it's kind of like we had talked about this in a past episode of family Dynamics. Like you can have like two siblings in the same family and have both very different ideas of what went down in that family dynamic and i imagine it's the same thing for the show right like Mm -hmm. you're like no i had a great time and someone else wouldn't speak the same thing so i'm so happy that you were like all right it was a positive experience and it it was a part Mm -hmm. of my life and like i can feel good about that
2: yeah it ultimately led me to this platform and gave me the confidence to you know travel more you know and like and just ultimately start this podcast so I yeah I'm I'm grateful for it it's it's been a
1: wild ride but it I'm really really thankful so after so after you're done the bachelor then Mm -hmm. what happens in terms of a career move because you work in you work in dermatology now right I work in dermatology now um
2: well more aesthetics not like Mm -hmm. derm Mm -hmm. um after the show. Which I've I been would... really waiting
0: to finish up my Botox. I mean, I, I'm still breastfeeding, so I'm very excited yeah. to go back to my Botox. I'm like, every day, I'm like, you need to fucking wean, because I really, I need, my 11s <laughs> are back. Like, things have
1: gotten very You're soon. not allowed to do Botox when you breastfeed. No. No. Oh, yeah, it, it's can't. frowned upon. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's frowned upon, like, having a it's like one of those fine. things that's,
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah but i turned 25 and my mom was like we get wrinkles in this family you need to start botox at 25 and it was great for me that's so kind
1: of your mom i think it was really nice to be so honest about our genetics my my mom my mom got botox on a cruise which i don't know why she would ever oh god oh god the decision of her life her eyebrows were literally triangles for like i don't think you're supposed to do anything I don't think you're supposed to do anything on a cruise. I was like, Mom,
2: you're Mom, so no. No surprised. If you're if you're gonna do anything to your face, Instagram them, stalk them, look at their work. And don't <laughs> do it on a cruise. Also, it's like
1: real shaky on that cruise, right? Like, <laughs> like <Can> you imagine when <laughs> you're just like, well, I think I got it. <laughs> right? So like bad decision. Now she's against Botox. I was like, Mom, you did not do that in the right oh. <laughs> Yeah. 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 <sighs>
0: okay so I interrupted you so
2: it's okay so I actually I went back to the NICU for like three more years after the bachelor um which a lot of people are like oh you guys never go back to work all you guys just quit your jobs and you live off social media I was like "Eh." (laughs) no, we don't (laughs) social media doesn't pay you that much
0: Um, but also like if you could more props to you that's my (laughs) dream right I think that people are able to do that I don't know why we're hating we're just jealous yeah seriously the seriously just
2: jealous yeah yeah um but yeah no I worked in the Nike N- N- for another couple of years and then I got um I was just starting to feel really burnt out yeah um it was I, I mean I was charge nurse I was IV therapy I was going to deliveries I was you know doing so much stuff on the unit that I just We had a patient that we were withdrawing care on, and I was charged that night. Normally, like, charge goes in and assists and, you know, like, helps out with whatever they need. And I was like, I I just – I don't have it in me. Like, I can't go in – like, I don't have enough, like, emotional support to give out to, like, another family right now. Like, someone else is going to have to go in there (laughs) because I just – I didn't have it in me. I was like, I'm – I'm not being the best nurse that I know I can be right now. So I think it's time that I take a step back.
1: And I think the fact that you could even recognize that is so important because I feel like sometimes people will push that down for so long Mm -hmm. to continue on um, in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there's, there's something to be said about being able to recognize that you feel burnout and that you can't feel the compassion that you once felt. For the people mm-hmm.
0: you're working And that's so common. Yeah. Well, I think you said so perfect, which is like, you can't offer it to the family, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I hear this all the time of therapists pushing through, nurses pushing through, and like, ethically, right? Like, we're supposed to do no harm first and mm-hmm. take care of them. And so, like, our burnout <clears throat> is not just about ourselves, but also like the people around us and like what all those patients what deserve at those times. So to I the think the that's burnout. really phenomenal. Yeah.
2: Um, I just felt like I, I was just in you know, a really i was just coming out of like a really dark Yeah. yeah relationship and that had taken such an emotional toll on me like i i'd poured out so much just to try and keep myself like sane and together and that and then working at the hospital and like having these lives and stuff that um we were I mean like you you can't save everybody and I'm not I'm not trying to say that like babies die every single day in our unit like they they don't but Mm -hmm. you know when they start to kind of compound like that and you're in a position where you have to constantly give more than what you have it it's it's so much harder Mm -hmm. and I just knew that like I couldn't be I couldn't be what those parents needed Mm -hmm. in that moment because I didn't have enough to like, to hold myself together. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And that wasn't like a safe thing for me. That wasn't me being like the best and most capable nurse, um, for my patients. And I was, and I just was, you know, still at that point being like constantly bar�aded by, you know, social media onslaughts from, you know, the person I had been seeing and, um, not knowing what was going to come up next or what kind of dig he was trying to try and get in. And, um, it just was, it just felt like time and like the hospital situation itself. There's just so many politics and, you know, nurses are already overworked and like stretched to the max. We were so understaffed and it was just in that moment, it was just, it was just too much to keep carrying.
0: Yeah. And I think you were speaking to something, you know, so important, especially like in the age of COVID is like this expectation for people to compartmentalize, right? Like mm-hmm. if shit's happening in your personal life, you're supposed to just show up at work and have nothing. And, you know, right now we're expecting parents to work from home with their kids or, you know, do all mm-hmm. this stuff. And it's just such an unrealistic expectation that almost feels like a setup for failure to be able yeah. to, you know, be your best self at work when you also like we're real fucking humans
1: all the time and -hmm. and also and i think we talked about this on your podcast that when you're giving in your profession and also giving in Mm -hmm. a relationship uh Mm -hmm. that you get burnout that much quicker right Mm -hmm. just giving and giving and giving in all areas of your life and if you're not giving to yourself right then it ends up wearing on you Mm which can be really hard. And like when you have children, right?
0: I mean, I don't have children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, you're like drained all the time, right? But I mean, I think it's true, like it's any giving relationship, right? So like mm-hmm. one of them would be a parent or let's say you're uh, caring even for a sibling or a family mm-hmm. member, right? Like um, if you're living in, if you're a first generation um, immigrant, like your parents came over, right? Like, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it's so much more, we live in this society that's, like, all about, like, your work and your profession, and those things are amazing, especially if they make you happy,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: but we're also so much more than our jobs.
2: Yes, yeah, and I think a lot of, especially healthcare professionals, (laughs) professionals, their, their identity is tied very deeply with, with what they do and how they serve others.
1: Mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. I,
0: um, I had a while ago, like, you know, I was really struggling with a client and this client had just been, you know, back and forth with getting support. And my supervisor said to me, this is your job. This is not your life. And you have to stop confusing the two. And that is a really hard pill to swallow especially mm-hmm. if you've gotten some of your self-worth and you're a perfectionist and overachiever within your job right so many of us are <laughs> right and we find our self-worth from that and then it's like well fuck. but if i'm not my job who the hell am i right, right. and finding that out is very overwhelming and i think can like mm-hmm. lead to like a whole bunch of fucking
1: imposter syndrome shit and if i'm yes. not others who am i right yeah. like people in the helping profession too like give something to us
0: anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner the planning the shopping the prep figuring out the timing it's a little heavy to carry huh same that's why i am so grateful for hungry root the food quality simple recipes true tastiness and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer when getting started you take a fun short quiz and hungry Root will get to know you what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, the lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You got to try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com slash shrinkchicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash shrinkchicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you.
1: Something about it that, that is fulfilling for us, and so you're giving and giving and giving, and you're getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. But over time, you start to feel like, okay, maybe this, yeah, I have to give to myself, and I mm-hmm. haven't been doing that. Mm.
2: Because especially in those um, professions, like as like therapists, as nurses, as doctors. I mean, like right now, well, there like a couple months. You know, we were we were healthcare heroes. You know, we yeah. were Um, remember that we're clapping at seven o'clock yeah people were sending us food and it's like well that hasn't changed like (laughs) there's covid still here um people are still getting worked to the bone trying to save these Mm -hmm. lives and
0: and and it's worse in many places right we were celebrating mm -hmm. them with the cases we're on the lower side honestly
2: yeah yeah (laughs) And and i've i've had like my scrubs on like after work you know and um at the clinic, you know, I mean, at the aesthetic clinic, not where I'm exposed to like a ton of stuff, you know, otherwise I wouldn't be wearing my scrubs out in public. Um but people will be like, "Oh my god, thank you so much for your service." And part of me wants to be like, "Oh, I'm not working in the hospital anymore." Part of me's like, "Well, fuck, I worked 12 fucking years saving baby <laughs> lives. Thank you for saying thank you." Right? Like
1: I don't under like okay, so I I wish that the recognition was there even before COVID. Yes. Like, now right. that nurses do, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that you guys, isn't there a nurse's week? Like, I feel like there should yeah. be this year. <laughs>
2: yeah. This year is supposed to be the year of the nurse, too. Yeah. Like that- the big Until we
0: turned on them. Yes.
2: Well, it goes into
0: the thing, right? Where it's also, like, I mean, I think it's also really similar where, like, I would like, like therapy is like a female dominated field. Nursing is a female dominated field. And yet when you think about the big names in therapy, um, uh, Freud, Piaget, Bowen, I mean, all of these, um, Eric Erickson, they're all white men. <laughs> they're all men. The field's all fucking women. And yet you couldn't see, there's like three of us on a book, you know? <laughs> and this same thing, like nurses, it's a female dominated field. And then m- usually male doctors, yeah, get a ton of the recognition and not that they're not amazing as well right. but I think it's very interesting that these fields are ones that tend to be overworked and underpaid as well as teaching
2: yeah which mm-hmm. is why I wanted to create the woman <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> to just show some extra love and support and raise up the women that are like killing it in the medical field so
1: you are getting the recognition and you're giving them yeah that they
2: deserve. I'm trying, man. you
0: it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so
0: then I have to ask, right? So you're going through all this stuff, and then you're like, all right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm hitting it. I have to take a break from this. So yeah. I'm wondering, like, through all this, if you could talk to yourself again mm-hmm. through that experience of dating, through work, like, what would you want your younger self to do?
2: that They don't have to take it all on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... job to like fix every person to save every person to make every person feel special because some people are just broken you can't like it's not your job to fix everybody Mm -hmm. and that's something that like I've always carried with myself that I've always felt like I was this healer you know like I always made people feel better it's one thing people would always say about me you know they're just like wow like you just have just a way of making me feel better and like comforting me and I'm like well, great. Well, but who's comforting me? Yeah. 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 Um, but it's like I would tell myself that it's o- it's okay to be who you are and need the things that you need and feel the things that you feel, because it's it's part of it's just part of who you are. Like if you're someone that you know likes to be hugged, likes to like hold hands, like it doesn't mean you're clingy. It just means those are things that you like and, like, mm-hmm. make you feel safe and supported.
0: what especially and, – and also, like, there's, like, a deficit of, right, when you're always giving, 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 mm-hmm. people can be like, oh, you're more needy in a romantic relationship. No, it's not that I'm more needy in a romantic relationship. It's that it's literally – there's just less places for me to get my needs met. When I spend right. all day of people talking at me and me helping them with my husband, mm-hmm. I'm like, rub my back, help me. <laughs> help me. I'm, like, so <laughs> pathetic. I mean, not like, you husband. would not <laughs> – in my marriage, my husband's probably like, "What is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "I <laughs> just need more. I
1: don't get it outside of here." And it's yeah. not—it's not that you're needy. It's that you have needs. That yes, have needs. yes, Yeah. Right? And I think so many times, especially in dating, we're told like, "Oh, don't be needy. Don't be too much." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's kind of like the text message thing, right? Like, yeah. yeah, writing that long text message and saying like, "This is me." Mm-hmm. It. To being your authentic self and to express what your needs are is also yeah. your authentic self. And so, that whole like playing the game where you pretend like you don't have any needs, then you attract people who don't give anything.
2: Yeah, you attract avoidance. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, right. You attract people with avoidant attachment styles, <laughs> those are not <laughs> what you need. <laughs> right.
1: And then, and then you get into the relationship and you're like, oh shit, why am I with? the same type of person over
0: and over. Yeah. Well, the and you're know, like, why am I not, why fire. am I so unhappy? Like, why yeah, yeah. do I need more? Like, why am I being, you know, clingy in my other relationships, right? Like, you mm-hmm. start to see it in other places or I can't perform at work. I can't be there for mm-hmm. my friends. Mm-hmm. I um, am neglecting my health, right? Yeah. You know, I hear this all the time, like of women when they first get some, get some relationships and they're like sort of overly flexible and adaptable to the guys. The number one thing I said is, don't stop your routine. Like you go to your fucking yoga class. I don't give a shit if that's his one time he can call you. You go to your thing that makes you happy. Yeah, Other mm-hmm. people will ingest too. We have to not be so flexible and so adaptable, even if it's right. within our nature.
1: Mm-hmm. And because if, if you have more of an anxious attachment style, then you tend to turn more to okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my routine so that mm-hmm. I can anxious my- and love. Yes. So when you're yeah. changing your routine. You're bending for them. You're attaching these avoidant attachment styles. Yeah, right. It is a perfect magnet. Oh, right. It's a perfect. Magnet. So, so even you have to push back against your the part of you that's saying, "Oh, I need to wait around" or "I need to change my routine mm-hmm. in order to to take care of whatever this person needs," because you're yeah. setting precedent for the relationship to just mm-hmm. be not them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: that, I mean, that in itself is even, like, it's becoming more of, like, self-care for myself is setting that boundary and being, like, whoa, 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 wait, why am I sitting around here waiting for this person to call when I could be going on a hike? That makes me feel a lot better.
0: Mm. And you have to push yourself, right?
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's hard. It's It's not. It's really hard. I'm I'm a peasy peasy, <laughs> I'm a people pleasing anxious person, <laughs> anxious attachment person. Yeah, so and it's like you want to make yourself that available, 100%. but it doesn't actually make you feel
0: good. No, it makes you feel worse. It makes you feel de- mm-hmm. depleted and neglected.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're turning it into okay, as opposed to focusing on what they need. How do I focus on what I need in these moments? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah oh my God, when are they going to text me back? You know, like, what What did I say wrong? You're focusing on, like, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, as opposed to, like, well, what am I thinking and what am I feeling? Mm-hmm. And then my favorites
0: are, so then we all have that part of us. when we're, If we're someone who identifies as anxious in love, we're also the person that will be, like, send a text, like, I can't find my one earring. Did you happen to see it at your place? Like, we send, like, the text that, like, for no reason text, like, just to, like, make contact <laughs> because we're so anxious. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're just like, oh my god, that was so fucking obvious, right? Like and people have yeah. done that to us before too. Like
2: Yeah. Or the oh I totally had a dream about you last night.
0: How are you today? <laughs> right. Like just think just like thinking about you. <laughs> oh I like happen to see this like t- this TV show on that reminded me of you. Like anything to talk, right? Like anything yeah. to spiral in my anxiety. <laughs> yes.
2: And then they don't text you back, and you're like, oh, shit,
1: that was so dumb. Right. what did
0: I say? <laughs> and, like, and I always say, like, overthinking always leads to negative, right? When you were in the mirror yeah. and you're, like, popping a pimple or, like, looking at a blackhead, you will find 50 more. Like, if you yeah. hyper-focus on anything, mm-hmm. it will get exacerbated. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's your fucking skin. It doesn't matter if it's your relationship. It doesn't matter if there was that really embarrassing time you farted in third grade in the music class. This didn't happen to me or anything, not at all. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> add to the music <laughs> was like, was you know it like, like in an a nice baritone, baritone or is it like to sp- yeah. like, like, get up to soprano and then?
0: <laughs> you know like that time when you accidentally fart your kid and you're like that was my shoe <laughs> but <Yeah>. it wasn't <laughs>
3: <laughs> and so
0: then you can hyper focus on that right and mm-hmm. when that happened in third grade it didn't fucking matter and when that dating thing happened to you in high school it didn't fucking matter and this thing you your right. early 20s it didn't fucking matter but the shame spiral will tell you you do not have worth because of it the shame yeah. spiral will tell you that you are not good enough and then you won't find it and it's simply mm-hmm. not true the shame lies and
1: i oh think God, it's a way yeah. to like avoid rejection right because mm-hmm. rejection is really fucking painful Mm-hmm. But and I say this, I say this to clients all the time, and I always preface it with like, "I'm so unromantic." <laughs> I'm like, "It's part of dating, right? Like being rejected yeah. is part of dating." Yeah. And rejected. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess it's just part of life too, right? Like, it's,
2: it's yeah, after. you're not gonna win at
0: everything.
1: No, exactly. you're not. But it's not personal to you, yeah. right? I, I mean, we
0: can even say, how many people do you think apply for the Bachelor every season? Oh, it's got to be no so idea. many. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be so fucking money. They can only take a certain amount. Same thing with grad school. Same thing with a job mm-hmm. application, right? Like, and like, it doesn't mean that you're this horrible person. It means
1: you simply weren't right for this situation. And it doesn't mean anything about you as a yeah. But mm-hmm. I think so often we feel like, okay, if I'm getting rejected, I need to change something about myself. Mm-hmm. Like I specific, there's something wrong with me, right? So what can I change about myself? When really, you know, rejection is more about the other person. It's just not a right fit. It's not a right connection. Maybe there's something Mm -hmm. going on in their life. Um, But I think so often we blame ourselves as a means of trying to control the situation, Mm -hmm. right? If I blame myself, then I can change something about me, which will change the situation. As if this is out of my control, like their feelings are really just out of my control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really, really hard for us to accept because rejection in itself is really painful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's
2: another thing I wish I would have been able to tell my
1: younger self. That rejection is not about you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I wish I could tell my younger self that too.
0: Yeah. I I still wish I could tell myself that like fucking three days a week. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's very right? true, too. I uh-huh. mean, there's yeah. still
0: times, like, now in our career, like, people are like, oh, like, you have this podcast, you have this successful business, like, there's still time Jen and I put ourselves for opportunities, and we don't get them. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's still Same. time. Yeah, right? There's still that time where you, like, try to, like, get yourself as a guest somewhere, or get someone on yours, and, like, it's a no, and you're just like, ouch. All right. Like, it's okay like, for it to bruise your ego. I'm like, thank God. I don't have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, Jen's like, Ooh. <laughs> Oh, this feels great. <laughs> really?
2: That's still me before an interview. I'm like, ex- except for with you guys, if I am going on something, I'm fine. If I'm like interviewing someone and I'm waiting for them to like pop on Zoom and I'm like, oh God, are they going to like, what do I have to say? Am I going to get my words out right?
0: Mistake. <laughs> Like, you're still human have, like, a bruised ego. Like, it happens yeah. all the time. And I noticed it in small ways. Like, even now as a parent, like, when I take my daughter to the pediatrician and they're like, oh, like, how's this? How this? I'm like, ah, she's good. Like, you know, like, you're, like, so fucking worried, like, that they're going to, like, like, you know, think you're this bad parent or something. She, like, kids develop yeah. differently. But, like, it's so crazy that we can put our self-worth on anything. Ladies, mm-hmm. we don't just do it with our weight. We don't just do it with our jobs. We can, if we want to feel like shit, we can make ourselves
1: feel like shit. <laughs> yeah anything yeah we push it to external sources as opposed for it as opposed to it coming from in us internally Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. right so gotta develop that
2: yeah (laughs) there you go and
1: there so So let's say okay so
0: then you did this huge thing right you're on the bachelor Mm -hmm. so like what is there's part of you that had like this great experience so what was it like i mean what have you learned sort of about feelings dating on and off the screen
2: um man, I only dated like one person on screen that I was dating like that was dating like 28 other women. <laughs> so.
1: You don't understand
2: how you guys. I'm like so
0: impressed.
2: It's the weirdest. It's it's so weird because I would like struggle you're to keep it straight. Like, well, yeah, but like my friend Vanessa and I who ended up, you know, getting engaged at the end of the show, we would literally go to bed at night and we'd be like tucked in the same bed and we'd be like looking at each other and be like, if it's not me, I hope you win. If I don't (laughs) win, I hope you win. (laughs) Like Because you just love each other so much and it's at that point that you're like, I just you get to know these other women so intensely and like you know their hearts and you're like, Mm -hmm. I just you want what's best for people. Wow. You know? Well I mean at least me you Well you're fucking I'm
0: pure though You have a yeah. pure ass soul I mean I don't know if we can say that for everyone There's gotta be some people that roll up like I don't give a shit I will dominate oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah there's always I, like
1: I mean, people like that but it's so <laughs> interesting Like your friend If your friend ends up being in the relationship That you mm-hmm. want to be in It's like I can imagine that being such mixed emotions Like happy for you but sad for my. You know like that it's Such like a yeah. difficult thing To grapple with I'm sure
2: it is but i don't know at least like speaking to that situation like once you're out of it and you're not on the cameras and you're back home and you're like "Uh, did i really like him (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (laughs) or was i just really lonely and hoping that like
0: but i I felt that with like guys that are tall like do I really <laughs> like him, or is he just tall? Right, like you know,
1: like I think yeah. any of us can like convince ourselves someone's awesome. And we love well, them. Also, yeah, like I think there's something about the fact that like so many other people want this person. Like when someone, it's like, and yeah. like a and kid, like, has you a get toy. it. It's a competition. Yeah, the yeah. kid has a toy, and you're like, I didn't really like that toy, but now that the you have this toy, toy I mm-hmm. need it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like this, um, the fact that so many other people want this person gives them this level of attraction.
0: Yeah. That's how I feel about bell bottoms coming back. Like I don't want them to come back, but now that other people are wearing them, I'm like oh, they're kind of cute. I think they
2: would look so cute on you. Bell bottoms coming back? I'm, i they, think they, I think they've they've that.
0: been back and they've course. been back for a little bit, right? But like I was like, fuck, I hate this. But I'm like, but it looks good in that girl, so I guess it would look good on me. Like, <laughs> like it's
2: just it has to be done right. Like a high waisted, yes. like a like a true high waisted. Yes. Bell bottom looks good on everybody.
1: A hundred percent.
2: Like a low rise shit. Low rise. No. <laughs> I will never wear a low-rise again in my no, life, No, ever.
0: Wait, what was that called when the, oh, whale tail, when the, the thong came out the back? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was like, you, like cool thing to do back
2: then. Yeah, yeah. You could, that was like in high school, you yeah. know, you had like a really sexy thong that your parents didn't know you bought and you would like pull it or up. Or stole,
0: like me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you pull it up and it'd be
1: like the cool thing to do. But like, yeah.
2: Oh, it's, wow. so <laughs> it's so trash.
0: It's garbage. It's oh. horrible. Don't
2: <laughs> like don't do this. Don't bring that trend back. It would be like all the way up to like your ribs.
0: Yeah. Any type of really low rise thing, I'm really hoping do not come back. Like that yeah. I would hope that yeah. we exactly. got rid of. We're gonna fight guests. Yes. yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we have some listener questions that I want to like kind of sprinkle in because I think that they would like add some good conversation. Are, do you feel comfortable yeah. with that, Danielle? Sure. Let's do it. All right. It. Um, someone had said, um, like, advice on advocating for yourself with doctors. Sometimes it's really hard to be taken seriously. I've heard this time and again. A lot of people are scared mm. of doctors.
2: Yeah, um, I always think it's a great idea. You know, if you're going in for like your yearly or um, as like a uh, like your physical, or you're going in for like your yearly gynecologist appointment, something like that. Um, I think it's really important to, A, like, just sit and, like, take stock of your body and, like, what feels good, what feels off, and just, like, how you're feeling and, like, write that down. Mm-hmm. And if there's things that, like, conditions or something that you're worried about, write, down, like, make a list of things that you're worried about so that you don't forget those things that you wanted to ask mm-hmm. your doctor about because then you're, like, more prepared, at least for the conversation. Um I, I also think it's really, it's important and it's okay to like doctor shop in your network, you know, not, not doctor shop, but you know, like go, go to the website, read Mm -hmm. their bios, see what you kind of feel from that. And if you go and you have your initial meeting with someone and you feel really like talked down to, you don't like their bedside manner, it's more than okay to switch providers. Um, I did that with my, gynecologist and part of it was like he worked at the hospital I worked at we'd be in the OR together for like deliveries and be like oh this is kind of weird like (laughs) it's just I can't this feels weird um and not that like he wasn't like a good doctor but it also trying to speak to a man about issues going on in like my female body Mm -hmm. didn't work for me Mm -hmm. um I felt like I wasn't you know Totally being heard on things that were important to me that I was worried about, like pap tests only being done like every three years, even though they're supposed to prevent cervical cancer. And like, what if something happens in that three-year break, bro? Like, yeah. Yeah. no, swab that cervix every time. Like, I want to know I'm okay. Um, but I ended up switching uh, providers, and I went through, read bios, you know, like talked to some of my friends who were also seeing different um providers like in our network you know at work and that's how I picked you know and Mm I found a provider I love she listens to me um she hears like my concerns she like makes an effort to try and like relate to you Mm -hmm. that's really important and I think that helps with your overall secureness and um, comfort and going to the doctor and feeling like you can share things that you're concerned about because ultimately it's your health and your body, mm-hmm. and you know that best, and you should feel empowered to bring those concerned concerns forward.
3: So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrink So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrink chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrink hmm
0: I love it but I love the idea of like a log keeping it right because
3: I think Mm -hmm. in the room it can feel so
0: overwhelming and I think people freeze up like Mm -hmm. I think like people get to the doctor they're like so what are your concerns like nothing but really you have like 50 in your head but like it's just so hard to verbalize as opposed to being like oh I've like written them down and hear my things and like there Mm -hmm. is a power of like you know being able to read it off and not make eye contact and I also wonder you know there's so much stuff that is telehealth right now Mm-hmm. You know, and there's so many ways like that you can um, email your provider, and there's portals that you can message, and sometimes mm-hmm. it feels easier written down. So I think yeah. a log is such a great idea.
1: And, yeah, and I think also looking and finding a doctor that you connect with. We talk about that all the time with therapists, obviously. Because yeah. Talking to your therapist, having up, mm-hmm. but I feel like a doctor is very similar. Is that. It's important to also feel like you can open up to your doctor mm-hmm. about some of the things that are coming up that you don't understand about your body or understand, you know, that and it, I think when you're freezing up and you're feeling like, oh, I can't bring this to them or they're going to shoot it down in some way or they're going to tell me, oh, it's my anxiety, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It nothing to do um, with what I'm bringing up that, you know, maybe it speaks to the fact that it's not a good fit and not all doctors are the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's true. And I think the other thing is um, doctors need to know if you have, you know, depression, eating disorder, any of this stuff going on. And, you know, even someone, me, who's in the field who talks about this all the time when I was seeing my OB when I was pregnant, I didn't mention it until halfway through when I was like, you know what? Like my relief, really like my anxiety is bad, my depression's bad. And mm-hmm. it's been really hard for me to come in and get weighed because my I was technically had a high risk pregnancy. I had to go to the doctor was like all the time. And I was like, it's getting really hard to be weighed so much and know this mm-hmm. number. And it's really triggering my eating disorder. And my doctor was like, you've literally never mentioned an eating disorder to me. And I was like, oh my God. like I've been in recovery for a long time. So it's not something that always comes to the forefront of my mind. And he was like listen like, you're the highest risk to postpartum depression like that's really important for us to know so we can make sure that you're going home with the right meds that day and that you do have support and if Mm -hmm. I had never said that they wouldn't have had the opportunity to offer it to me right Right? so it's not about doctors necessarily withholding resources they only can provide what they know about
1: and it sounds like your doctor handled that so well right like Mm -hmm. there's
0: doctors I I, I was in a bad place when I told him I mean it was (laughs) But it's also hard, right? So, like, when I, when you first go to your OB, usually most practices have multiple um, practitioners who's going to be on call, right? So, like, I had to meet. There were seven different possible people that could have delivered my baby. So you have to go meet with all of them. So it felt a little bit uneasy because you're meeting with a different person each time for your first mm-hmm. child. Um, and so by... Chance, I happen to have this dude as my first time meeting him, and I was like, "I'm falling apart." Um, I'm just happy to be <laughs> letting you know there. now. <laughs> three weeks, right? And he was like, "Like, yeah." He was like, "Like, this is all shit that should have been in your chart." And I was like, "Oh, interesting. That makes yeah. a lot of sense." Mm-hmm. And he would never have known to offer that if I didn't disclose that. So I know it's so uncomfortable to talk about past shit, but I think it's important for providers to know. Would it,
1: mm-hmm. Would it have been helpful if he or any anyone else? said to you like are you or is anything coming up with your mental health during this time like if they had kind of brought that to the floor.
0: yeah I mean I think it's hard because they are always we're so programmed in this society when someone says how are you to say fine right yeah. right yeah. so even at the beginning of the appointment, when your doctor says how are you doing so many people are like oh I'm doing really well and often that's not true but we're mm-hmm. so fucking used to saying that all the time yeah. so I do think they probably had asked but I didn't think we- enough
1: fine right mm-hmm. yes
0: right. now when I have another child if I'm pregnant again I'll fucking do it completely differently now I've learned a ton of lessons um, but at the time I think people do ask and we
1: don't always disclose mm-hmm. right I think that makes sense I think it should go how are you doing and you say fine and then how, I say, how really are you really doing? Doing? Yes. right yeah. like that should be the second question <laughs> tell me for real what's yes. going on. agreed agreed
2: yeah 100% <laughs> so-
1: Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's so helpful. I think a a lot of our clients always talk about advocating for themselves when they go to a doctor's appointment. So I think that's incredibly helpful for people. Yeah.
2: Doctors can only treat what you tell them is wrong. Yeah. What they see is wrong.
0: They don't know. They have no idea. They only know what you bring into the room. So if you don't Mm -hmm. bring in some of that past stuff, some of the context, they're unable to help you. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And if you feel more comfortable, like if you're going into like your doctor's appointment, talk to the nurse first you know if if she feels like more approachable you know talk to her about some of those things and be like hey can you relay this to the doctor
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and that's why I I love um, NPs and PAs
2: Mm -hmm. like I
0: just my PCP is um, a PA and I just love them so much there is a different bedside manner and so if you're someone who's a little bit more comfortable like you can totally see Mm -hmm. um, a different type of provider doesn't have to be an MD
2: my gynecologist is a nurse practitioner, and she's phenomenal.
0: Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love her. Okay, so what? So then this goes into a great question. Are you okay. ready? Okay. Yes. So somebody had written in, when do you decide to have a growth mindset and keep trying to fix or do better for, Do better with something versus when to realize that something isn't for you? And it's making you fucking miserable. And the backstory is, I've been a nurse for about a year, and okay. everyone keeps saying it's gonna get better, but it's been a fairly rough year with work. Can you imagine your first fucking year being this, this no. year?
2: <laughs> oh, no, I seriously, like, when I think about all the new nursing grads oh. who had to start in the middle of a fucking pandemic, <laughs> like, I, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you because. <laughs> Like, I, I, I I feel so bad because not only are you so short-staffed that, like, you know, people are ready at, like, such high patient loads, you aren't getting a proper orientation. So mm-hmm. your stress level is going to be that much higher working on the unit where, like, you don't feel safe working on it because you haven't been, like, properly trained in it. Um, and then to that extent – um fuck what was i gonna say hold on
0: take your time
2: <laughs> um all the uh, a lot of new grads haven't even been able to get a job because yeah. a lot of nurses have been furloughed because hospitals can't afford there's like a hiring freeze mm-hmm. um hospitals are not making as so much money because you know for that huge chunk of time all of the um elective surgeries and mm-hmm. weren't being done and those are the surgeries and stuff that like actually brings in money to the hospital um but as a new nurse like your orientation to the unit is so crucial because you learn so much in school and in clinicals but you learn the majority once you leave school and you enter that floor and if you aren't working somewhere that you Feel safe that you got like a really good orientation on it, it. Nurses are burning out so much quicker. Like these new grads are burning out at two years <sighs> max.
0: That's nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two years. And it's such yeah. a shame because they just went through school for it, you know. And you, you mm-hmm. don't, you, I, I assume the people who are becoming nurses like really care about people and want to take right. care of them. All. Mm-hmm. Right. And to be getting burnt out that quickly.
2: Yeah. And it's like some people also, I mean, a lot of people become nurses because they want to take care of you, but a lot of people don't fully grasp what it means to be that hands-on, that vulnerable, be that up and close and personal with body fluids and...
0: Mm -hmm. most people and most people don't become a nurse like they're not signing on to become doctors i, I mean sorry like right. to become um to become vets like they're not like yeah, signing yeah. up to go to the fucking army and like what right. we've asked of nurses is to like um uh, put their life on the line
2: yeah and you're right like
0: when you put on scrubs when you're putting on scrubs you don't think they're dog tags and i think it's gotten very mm-hmm. confusing this past year and i can't imagine what that is the first time yeah.
1: and yeah. i think that uh, from what i hear nurses um get a lot of, like, the emotional stuff from, like, families, right? So if, like, Mm -hmm. families are struggling with something, they'll take it out on the nurse. Mm -hmm. Respect the doctor. Uh, I cannot – I mean, I didn't go through nursing school, but, like, do they talk about that at all when you're going through nursing school, that, like, you're going to get all this shit from families? Mm -mm. No. I hear that all the time, that that's Mm -hmm. happening.
2: Yeah. No, you don't – I wish that were a course. I wish there was more – I mean, you have your psych clinical rotation, you know, but you don't have a course on taking care of like your own mental health and that may mm-hmm. have changed. I've been out of school for 13 years, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I don't know what the curriculum is like right now, um, but uh, man, okay. So my heart really breaks for that person that wrote yeah. that in, mm-hmm. but my one thing would be, are they working in the unit that they wanted to initially? Um, or are they like stuck on like a med surge floor and they're like trying to get to like a more specialized unit Mm -hmm. um and i would say like i would i would i would give it like one more go like try and find a different unit okay like look into the hospital structure um maybe like look into a teaching hospital if you're at like a private hospital Mm -hmm. you know and see if you enjoy like the different dynamic look into other units um and see if you can't find something that makes you a little more excited Mm -hmm. um and like feel happier in your workplace but also know that there is so many routes nurses can take you know you can you can work in public health you can work for insurance companies you can switch and do like just work in a clinic you can do patient outreach i mean there's there's a ton of different things that you can do as a nurse Mm -hmm. so like your degree is not lost like there's a lot you can do with it um but yeah it just i might i can't imagine starting to work you know, it a new world in the middle of a pandemic. I it's, really can't. It yeah. sounds
0: like a setup for failure. I mean, I feel yeah. the same way about like new, there was no pandemic class um, in a therapy school. Like, mm-hmm. no one was like, oh, hey, like when the entire world fucking goes on fire, and, yeah. you know, and they also really Quite did. There was literally, like, <laughs> like <laughs> California is we literally on fire right now.
2: Colorado and Elm yes. Riots. Yeah, again. it's a mess,
0: right? Yeah. But also, like, we also, there wasn't also a lot of. Co- conversation about like politics right like here's what Mm -hmm. you do when you like insanely disagree with what a client's saying or you know what i mean like you come in a client's like i can't imagine like oh i really don't believe in this whole black lives matter thing and then you're just like uh i'm sorry what (laughs) like (laughs) you know like and that is and like i'm someone so i now supervise other clinicians and it's one Mm -hmm. of the things that comes up all the time in this day and age like i firmly believe i believe that like we're social we're uh, agents of social change but what is also like my agenda versus a client's agenda? And there's just mm-hmm. some stuff that wasn't taught to us in school because mm-hmm. half of this curriculum was developed how many years ago, and the entire world's different now.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're like all these teaching methods and things. Just oh my god, so much needs to be changed, and it, reevaluated. Oh,
1: so... It doesn't work as well anymore, no. right? No right because just they're right because the education education has to transition with the world yes right and it really doesn't no i got
2: core math like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) my biggest fear about having kids
0: is trying to help them with core math Oh (laughs) oh my god i tried to help my nephew last year and i was like you're on your own man i'll google but fuck i have no idea what this says but also like
1: i think that having to learn all of that math like it's it was like a total waste of time now like remember Ma- brain space yeah like what the hell were they yeah
2: <laughs> doing all those like your seven multiplication tables and now you learn like your eights and you just do them like row after row after row after row
0: <laughs> yeah but the but the best meme is that like remember like in school and they're like you can't use a calculator you're never gonna have a calculator in your life and it was like just fucking kidding! Everyone carries around this instrument in their pocket that I can Google. That I have a calculator. It does anything for me.
1: Yes. we cursive. Like we had a whole cursive class. They don't even teach cursive yeah. anymore. just not even taught te- anymore.
2: They don't teach writing basically <laughs> anymore. Like just typing. <sighs> yeah, just typing. It's like You need to know how to form things with your hands. There's a the whole right. muscle and dexterity and thing that needs to be done.
0: But right. okay. Yes! But Jen, Danielle, when was the last time either of you wrote in cursive?
2: Yeah. Not, not so like my <laughs> writing is kind of like a A jumble. A mix. <laughs> a jumble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it all
2: kind of flows together anyways.
0: <laughs> that's, that's so accurate for the medical field, huh? Yeah.
2: It's
0: <laughs>
1: Scribbles. Scribbles. Because yeah. you got it done fast? Early? Yeah. You gotta get yep. it in there. Okay. Mm-hmm only my signature that's the only thing i write in cursive yeah
0: that's i like- literally, my signature is literally if you, anyone here wants to um fraud my signature it's basically just a bunch of random circles and line through it like it makes no fucking sense my dad's
1: signature <laughs>
0: <That's-> <laughs> just because i have bad <laughs> handwriting
2: you know my dad's signature is the most perfect little cursive
0: <gasps> did he go to catholic
2: school No, he grew up on a farm, but like it's like my grand, my grandma had like this same delicate hand, and like I loved her cursive, but yeah, my dad's like it's like Kevin, you know, it has a nice little looped K, and like it's it's really pretty. Always trying
1: to live up to his
2: handwriting. Yeah, but like mine, mine leans more towards my mom's. We're we're fairly similar in our writing styles. We both have like a slant, and it's kind of like.
0: Maybe. I was always so jealous of the girls in school Who had like beautiful handwriting
1: and Oh had, that like,
2: pretty like little bubble like. Yes just, that like, was never made. Rounded, Like I was like how does that happen Or I the know. people who
1: would keep Did you ever see the ones who had like an agenda That was like more coordinated Oh my god yeah. I'm still jealous of those people Me too I don't but, like, know how they do it They
0: seem it's, like they really so got gritty. They seem like they have their lives together But I'm pretty sure they have anxiety disorders
1: oh. Yeah <laughs> But like same, but like where wow. is my agenda?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no. You're like, this is not what my anxiety looks like. Mine, you just turn into a turtle.
1: I literally turned into a
0: turtle. <laughs> same. Okay. Okay. Wait. We have more questions for you. We have okay. to get through them. Okay, okay. Somebody had asked someone who is a fellow Foundation for International Medicine uh, Medical Relief for Children wanted to know about your experience doing FIMRC, Aww. the global medicine. They love you. Please I
2: love them so much. FEMRIC (laughs) is amazing. It's such a great organization. Um, So for those of you who don't know, FEMRIC works um, in a, like, I worked with them in Peru, and they coordinate medical providers to come and see some of these um, children who are, like, in orphanages or these really, really remote communities who just don't Have doctors, Mm -hmm. you know, like most of the doctors that graduate in Peru. This is, I'm only speaking to the Peruvian healthcare system, don't work in the rural communities. That's not where the money is. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, I mean, they all go to work in the city, you know, but like all these outlying communities otherwise don't have access to healthcare. Um, So, Femeric will coordinate, you know, medical groups that go and at least can see, treat, um, prescribe, like, some, like, minor, like, injuries and stuff like that. But at least, you know, refer people to, um, like, extended, like, clinics and stuff that – or to, like, the hospital because they still have to be referred to the hospital by some clinician. Mm. Um, and it was I, – I went with FIGS and our group – we call ourselves a Fab Five, but that's just because we all met together and, like, really went through some shit in Peru. <laughs> um, it was truly one of the most beautiful experiences. Um, I mean, some of the kids that we treated in this orphanage, um, were like seven to like 15 and had been had like raging STI infections mm-hmm. from being assaulted and, um, like we'd we'd go from that to the next day like um michelle was the only um doctor you know with us we had um, my friend danny who was an mp and then we had uh, madeline who was um in med school and then alex and i were both nurses but michelle went and she literally saw this woman who was honored on her deathbed she had this horrible like tumor that had like eaten away like half of her face and was like literally in so much pain and she went to the store um or to the pharmacy and like she's like this is all that I have left in like Peruvian money like and bought like all the morphine that they had so this woman could at least like have that and like go through like her final days and like mm-hmm. some sort of peace and, and comfort um there's there's a lot <laughs> that um, that went down on our trip, and it was an incredible experience, and I'm grateful um, that I had the chance to work with FEMRIC because they're doing so much uh, good work, um, really, really great work. And I mean, there's the whole concept of like white saviorism, but like mm-hmm. when it comes to like medical professionals going and like you just you have to be careful like, you have to really look in like your heart like why are you going down there mm-hmm. like, are you going down there just to like post these pictures like with these kids or are you going down there to to actually like treat um mm-hmm. and help out in these situations that otherwise they wouldn't have access to like medical care like I can really only speak to like medical um medical missions because I've never done like a I'm not really that religious, I've never done like a
0: missionary yeah. thing yeah yeah,
2: um I just have only gone to you know offer what I can medically and and like teach and also learn from them so
0: well it sounds life changing and traumatizing at the same time
2: yeah yeah, it's really it's most beautiful things are i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you really it it really makes you realize you know what you have and and to hopefully try and continue to do what you can to increase resources there Mm. you know in these in these um, communities to like empower people to stay in the communities and and help and offer their trainings just to help those communities start thriving and and growing how long were you there for in Peru, we were only there for a week. It's really hard in the hospital system to get any time off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've i been – I went to Kenya for two weeks, and then I went back – actually, the same year I did Peru, and I went back for, like, a week and a half I was able to go. Wow. Um, but, again, just, just learn and um, – learn from them, and also show all the things that, like, these communities are doing with the resources that they have,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I think is really important, because so many people have this idea of, like, poverty porn, and it's like, no, these communities are, are thriving, like, they they know how to work with, like, what they have, and they're doing an incredible job, um, but also walking that line of, like, trying to also be like, but you know, we still could use your monetary donations because they need um, an operating room mm-hmm. <laughs> built so that they can, you know, continue to serve this community better, mm-hmm. you know, type type of thing.
0: Well, and that's a great leeway into the next question we have for you that someone wrote in, which is unlike a lot of folks in Bachelor Nation, you speak out on social issues. What gives with the others? Somebody asked. <laughs>
2: what gives with <laughs> the others? Um. Uh,
0: I mean, and you I can't think, speak for anyone else.
2: I Yeah, I, I honestly, I can't speak for anybody else. I know a lot of people have have different, you know, political views and, and stuff that, you know, go on the show. Um, but I don't know. When it comes to humanity, like, I, I, I think a lot of people are scared um, to post. They're scared to say the wrong thing. Um, and they're scared... To lose like the following that like Mm -hmm. they've built up because a lot of their um, their income is you know Mm -hmm. tied to who they are and like what they produce for social media which is I don't want to say it's it's understandable I mean like everyone has to like make their income but I feel like when it comes to issues like uh, like Black Lives Matter and um, the fact that black men are shot in the streets and suffocated in the streets and white Mm -hmm. serial killers and like mass shooters are calmly escorted and restrained Mm -hmm. from buildings it literally makes me want to vomit Mm -hmm. and i feel like there just comes a point like when if you have this platform and you aren't you aren't saying anything on it it's it's complicitness
0: yeah Mm yeah
2: And and maybe that's unfair of me to like to judge you know them that way. I'm not I'm not speaking to like anyone particularly in the community because I feel like at least like most of the people that I follow have tried in some way to like you know make a post or you know mm-hmm. show their support. Um, which it sounds so like well oh, yeah we made mm-hmm. a post and and I'm not talking like just posted a black square you know. <laughs> um
0: which turned out to be the biggest scam ever everyone if you fell for that one um, yeah <laughs> that didn't work out but you're right i mean i think you're talking about something incredibly important which is like our own complacency and like the fact that there mm-hmm. is just so much systemic racism we're not asking individuals to change yeah. policies like we're just mm-hmm. people right like yeah and i think it's hard because you know yes everyone should be talking about other platforms but what matters most is everyone doing the work outside and exactly. off the internet with their own families and their mm-hmm. own white people that they're surrounded by you know so although i think yeah. everyone should speak out what i care about most is us all calling out the racism around us within our own families exactly. and systems that's something yeah. we can control mm-hmm. um and a post is really cool too but it's just a fucking internet it's just performative right. people can write whatever and then still be behind the scenes doing a racist shit
2: yeah and i think that's also another really hard thing for for some people to realize is that we all have inherent racism we all have inherent biases and and for some reason that's really hard for like most people to recognize I mean like I have them you know like yes all of us do we we all we all have them like I'm I'm not perfect um I mean we it's just you know if you can acknowledge them and and still try and do the work and like show up and like you said like have these conversations with our families, have them with our friends, and try and and help them see and recognize. I think that's that's more important.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, recognize- and you also
2: don't know what these other people, I mean, like in Bachelor Nation, are doing behind the scenes either. Yeah, you know, like you only you only know what people are posting. So yeah. and the fact that like you have to like you feel obligated. To post something or like, well, per- and, that, and support, that's it's, it's like performative, a, yeah,
0: right. That's just like performative shit that you know. What I mean, like, oh, I'm a good person. And I I wrote Black Lives Matter. Like, you know, yeah, fucking write it, but like, do it more. And I think, especially, you know, Jed and I talk about this a lot. Like, within our within the therapy world, we've talked about it in terms of the medical world that mm-hmm. there is racial bias within both of these of how we look at people of color, uh, especially how we look at black men, black women. Um, and what are we all gonna individually do about that, you right. know? And to show up very imperfectly because we're gonna fuck mm-hmm. up a ton doing it,
2: mm-hmm. right? And, and and not just in this space. I mean, like especially in the medical space. Yeah. Too. I mean, like black women are way more likely to die mm-hmm. in labor because
0: well and there was all that new research that came out that black women that are delivered by black by black doctors they like the black babies that are delivered by black doctors have like a 10 time higher chance of survival that's fucking insane wild
2: yeah (laughs) which i can't I, i mean i can't speak to like that in the nicu at all because normally it was i mean i don't honestly this could be really racist to say too but like black babies were and like Black babies and white female babies are like some of the strongest mm. in the NICU, and we we call them wimpy white boys for a reason. Because, <laughs> I mean, I learned that in school. That was something I learned in school. Wow, really? Yes, because like, um, the black babies were always so much stronger, and and the and white female babies were always so much stronger. Like, God that is so interesting. That's really
0: interesting, right? And then you ask but yourself why should they kinda
2: speak to like how But
0: you know, and why should these they...
2: like um genetic like trauma, you know, like yes, so Yes. It does
0: intergenerational mm-hmm.
2: Gen- trauma like, intergenerational trauma right how mm-hmm. that it's
0: passed down through dna yeah and and you so they have that, to
2: be stronger right so if like, you white men are so cuddled they're right. so cuddled. Right. so
0: if you yeah. haven't read the book um it doesn't be, it didn't begin with you which talks about trauma passed down through dna this speaks to that so much right so I'm gonna the, have to read th- that. yes the thing is that black babies should not have to be stronger right. but they probably are Right? Genetically, because of everything they've had to endure. That's really fucking interesting. That's so
1: interesting. Uh
0: huh. So, So. I know. Which, you know, listen to this, and we always remember that we are three white women talking about this, but it's important for white people to be talking about this and to not center our voices, to talk about not just how we feel about this, but the reality of what's going on and do the fucking work behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, performative is bullshit, right? So, like, show up behind the scenes and do it. So, you know, just because people put shit on social media doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. God, which we all just saw from freaking Ellen DeGeneres that it turns out she kind of sucks. How sad. So,
2: wait, I didn't hear all of it. I.
0: Apparently, she's just a bit of a jerk. That's all I like. I don't know. I, I didn't get to the whole heard, I've
2: heard that from. A yes,
0: that's. I. I really yeah. am not into like reading a bunch of shit like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, mainly because I'm very busy on TikTok. Um. <laughs> whoa that <laughs> <laughs> I can't. like when i have spare time it's because i'm opening up tiktok i'm not looking at the news um and but yeah but like right like that's the whole thing that like came out about helen is apparently she's like a bit of jerk but like always said she was you know super nice and great loving right so like just mm-hmm. because people say they're a certain way like it really doesn't fucking mean anything look at people's really? actions and that also is a great leeway back into the dating conversation look mm-hmm. at what your partner is doing more than what your partner's saying that's a right yes. fucking red flag right there. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It <laughs> bring it back. To bring it full circle here. I, also- I know. Well, I mean, she, she has to get off with us eventually, although we could talk to Danielle all day. <laughs> we
2: make this two episodes. I don't care.
0: <laughs> I think this is our longest episode ever because we could just keep
2: chatting with you <laughs> for the rest of time. But because- no, this makes my day. Like, I would love you guys.
1: <laughs> Before we go. When you watch TikTok, do you feel like you could do those dances? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I mean, Danielle just did a move right here, and it looked
0: pretty I, good. Was, was maybe I, supposed to be savage? I don't know what that was exactly. I
2: have no idea. I'm also like, this is how I'm sitting right now because my legs keep <laughs> I, like, my legs keep falling asleep. So, like, birthing my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Actually,
1: I know. I like was trying to think of a way to describe. What was happening? And she's birthing her microphone. I sure
0: yeah. <laughs> I like it because it's kind of like you have an erect penis. It
2: did. Re- that's like a very direction nice
0: you can talk into. That is like the, the size energy. of Jen's Jen's tiny ass dog. It was a huge dick.
1: This that is, is really like jungle. what that's John. what it looks like. And yeah. it's oh, Like I can't. Always you- out. I can't take cute pictures of him. Because no, of- because it's always oh, out. God. He's horny
0: all the time. <laughs> just like Danielle's microphone.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Can I just say, like, I need to be touched. <laughs> Touch <me. laughs> Not even in, like, a sexual... I just need to be, like, cuddled what? for, why like, you, a you to- could. You know you can hire
0: a professional cuddler? Do you know about that this? Cr-
2: that creeps me out a little bit. Okay.
0: I know someone who did it. I can't imagine why. Wait. I know someone who did it. I have a good friend who did it. She said it was the most beautiful experience of her life. She said that they came in. He was so amazing, like professional, wearing a shirt. He like held her. She said that she started like just back, and he was like, "No, this is just about you. You do nothing." And she said she just started sobbing. She was like, "Never have I actually been touched without thinking about someone else." Oh my oh, god. god! That it was amazing.
2: How? See, I was scared he'd be like smelling my hair. <laughs>
1: No, like, they're professionals.
2: Scissors and like cutting I've been watching way too much Criminal Minds lately. Like, yeah. like <laughs> let me tell you. Like, okay, like Okay. Stop
0: tuning into crime junkies. No, these are <laughs> professionals, man.
2: <laughs> That's amazing, though.
0: She said and it was again, beautiful. Be like,
2: but like, was he hot?
0: <laughs> I, you know what? I actually didn't even ask. Is- I will have to. I can ask now. Booning. Yeah. He was spooning her. Mm-hmm. So you're not like face to face. No, yeah, there was no. It was not. It was just about her feeling. Yeah, I Unless think I don't know. I'll have to ask her more about. It. Maybe I can get her to come on and talk about it. She I'm probably wouldn't. Professional cuddler on. Oh fuck yes, that's a great episode idea. Oh
2: my god. Danielle, but like Danielle,
0: but like for now, like why don't you just get like a really nice pregnancy pillow?
2: Because. But they like pillows don't have heartbeats. Oh, I know. Oh, god. I'll come hug
1: you. Yeah, <laughs> come okay. We <hug.
2: laughs> had like ten hours.
1: Do you have a dog?
2: No, I have a cat.
1: Oh, um, they're not great cuddlers, are they? Sometimes she
2: she is sometimes She's on her like mood huge. on her yeah yeah she'll care like, your she, mood she she will literally like lay down and like pull my hand and like hold my hand under her head and like make me like if I pl- try and pull my hand away she like has her claws and just kind of pulls it back. <laughs> like no human <laughs> you're not oh my done
1: yet.
0: God. That's She's beautiful. So
1: Actually, I, I love her so much. Speaking of TikTok, if you take an egg and you give it to a cat, I saw. <gasps>
0: I saw that on TikTok too.
1: It's it's scared. Of, wait. No, 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 no. That?
0: They, no, they 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 like take care of them. Like cats have some type of natural insect that if you insect, I've heard this with toddlers, but then every person who does it, their toddler just throws it on the ground. So if you give your cat an egg, it will take care of it. So now, after yeah. this recording, you need to go give your cat an egg and record it and show it to us. But still do it Do it
1: hard-boiled, though, because you, like, never know. <laughs> no, know, but they don't know if it's the same,
0: maybe. I don't know. That would be a great experiment oh. to do.
1: I have both a hard-boiled egg and an actual egg. I'm going to give them both
2: to my cat. Okay, deal. Okay, Please yeah. videotape and send it out. Because well, I've heard they're very scared of cucumbers. I've like, heard- have you seen that <laughs> video? Like, <Have> <laughs> they just- <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> like, you put it behind them, and they turn around, and they just... <laughs> like- Wait, no one is listening to this episode anymore. <laughs> Every if you're still listening to this, DM us because we're gonna send you a gift. Because if you have lasted this fucking <laughs> long, you deserve a prize. It's DM us enough, your like, address more, and we're gonna send you a gift.
1: It's like four eggs. It's like it's like speeding up so quick. That you can- it's it's two eggs and two cucumbers for your own delight. <laughs> so sorry. All right, we've officially hit a point where we're <laughs> we gonna
2: <to> <laughs> We're just silly now.
0: It's because we're. Oh no! I'm the only one left in my closet. I was saying that I just I don't have as much air in here, guys. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> all right, right. Danielle. Danielle,
0: we miss you. Oh my I god! You
2: guys, thank miss- you for
0: coming on. Everyone, please tell everyone where they can find you.
2: Um, you can find me at the Womed. Um, that's W-O-M-E-D. Um, or you can find me on my personal page at dm maltby m-a-l-t-b-y and i'm really like i don't talk to many people in my dms on mm-hmm. my personal page um unless you're like super racist and i feel like i have to like educate you <laughs> <laughs> and i have the emotional space um but i answer like um i answer my dms on the wall med
0: okay so
2: if okay. you want to talk to me there That's about the like, hack more like yeah about like more like nursing related stuff um or medical related stuff message me
0: there oh so maybe the person who wrote in about their own qualms about being a nurse right now they'll have to shoot you a dm
2: yes on the woman yes and answer your questions
0: are they in their place okay good
2: Mm -hmm. yeah maybe i'll even have you as a guest (gasps) talk about your experiences oh my gosh
0: well now you know and now if you've lasted this long in the podcast you've gotten (laughs) that's the easter egg (laughs) 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 you got yourself on a podcast congratulations um Danielle, we love you. Thank you for being on. I love you both. We so love nice. being connected. Thank you for joining us here on Trig Chicks. I don't even remember what next week's episode is. Oh, it's about family dynamics again because we have so many fucking <laughs> questions. <laughs> we're going to be on um, part five hundred on family dynamics because we're going to answer every single one of your questions. Um, I think it's about in laws or something next. We love you. Thank you for listening, wow. Danielle. Thank you for being here. We'll talk love to all you. y'all soon.